Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. I'm your host, Riley Clark, and alongside me today is... Trevor Jensen. And, and alongside us is... Our special guest, Bart Sabrell. Hello there. So, why would the people know you around the interwebs or, like, what could you say that you would be famous for? The interweb. I hadn't heard that term before. <laughs> the interweb. Interesting. It's kind of weird that it's called the web. Spider web. What does that mean? Right. Probably they're using it against us. They're entrapping us with the web, probably. Well, I mean, I'm known as the guy who says we didn't go to the moon. Um, and I made a movie or two about it. I've been a filmmaker most of my life. And then uh, I was first met somebody who worked for NASA who said they didn't go to the moon and I'm like the biggest moon guy fan there is but I'm thinking well you never know so I start looking into it and more and more of it seems suspicious to me and I actually turned down the project for fear it could be true and it'd be dangerous to start looking into it and then years go by and I develop this understanding that if they did fake it that's an important historical truth. It's actually more significant than if they'd actually gone. And I changed my mind and I realized it is worth dying for if they faked it, because that's an important lesson mankind needs to learn about themselves. So I met somebody who builds rockets for NASA, who gave me a million dollars to make these movies. And uh, lo and behold, we found proof, undeniable classified footage of fake photography of them faking being halfway to the moon proving that they never left Earth orbit. And this crazy idea that they faked the moon missions ends up being true, which is really sad that that's the world and the government that we have right now. Right. Yeah, you would think something like that would, you, you know, you wouldn't want to lie about going to the moon. Like, that's such a huge step for mankind as a whole, like leaving Earth. Like, we've already mastered, you know, flying, like going that deep into space like it it does seem like unfathomable at some points but at the same time we see like what spacex is doing with their rockets you know and i have a buddy who works at spacex and they're producing rockets like crazy and the success rate is not always that high even just getting you know a rocket to the atmosphere so it makes you yeah i mean elon musk it took him I think five attempts to land a rocket vertically that and of course it had each rocket had six computers surrounding it to gimbal the thing to land vertically and the first one blew up the second one blew up the third one blew up the fourth one blew up he did it the fifth time and this is with 10 million times the computing power of all of NASA in 1969 or probably more probably more like a hundred million times the computing power right and yet, with 100 millionth of the computing power, they landed a rocket vertically every time they tried. You see, that doesn't make sense, that it's more difficult to land a rocket vertically in the future than in the past. Because right now, NASA can only send 
a human being 250 miles into space. That's it. And the moon is a thousand times farther. So what they're really saying is they had a thousand times greater technology in 1969 than they do today. Well, wait a minute. That would mean technology is better in the past than in the future. But that's a scientific and historic impossibility, which means they right. didn't have it. They did not have that technology. Well, oh if they God. didn't have it and they claim they did, well, then what does that mean? It means they bluffed like in poker because uh, it doesn't make sense that they can leisurely play golf on the moon 50 years ago, but now they can only orbit the moon and only with mannequins, right? So my book uh, is kind of the backstory of my two films. The first film is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And you can watch this for free at sabrell.com. It's just my last name, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, sabrell.com. Go to the top left button that says Moon Man Video Links. My book is interactive, has 16 video links. I basically say, read a chapter, now watch a link, read a chapter, watch a link, and so forth. And the funny thing happened on the way to the moon is kind of the overview of uh, why they faked the moon landings and proof that they did, including classified footage we uncovered that at the beginning of the reel, it says, do not show to the public. And of all the footage I got from NASA, this is the only one that's unedited. It's the behind the scenes outtakes of a special effect shot of a one foot model of the earth that's allegedly floating in space, looking back, you know, going to the moon, looking back at the earth. It's a complete fabrication. We even have the CIA on a third track of audio telling them to fake a four second radio delay. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, they really faked going to the moon. And how sad is that? You know, a, a lot of times people defend it without thinking and they say, well, the government wouldn't lie about such an important thing. Well, it was pretty easy. There's no independent press coverage. Whatever picture they claim is from the moon, we have to take Nixon's word for it. And so it's actually easier to fake than people realize. Plus, people wanted to believe it. I mean, children want to believe in Santa Claus more than they want to believe that their parents are getting the presents out of the closet, right? Which of the two is more pleasurable thing to believe? So they want to believe. And the Vietnam War was going on, and Nixon said the number one threat to the country wasn't China or Russia. It was people protesting the Vietnam War. So this way, by faking it, they could guarantee the mission success and give them a piece of candy, you know, during troubled times. So I produced this film that took seven years, culminating with classified footage proving they never left Earth orbit, which I showed to the NBC News director. I mean, you can imagine NBC News gets the same reel that I did, says don't show to the public at the beginning, and they're faking part of the mission over and over again right in front of your eyes. And he collapses in his chair, puts his hand over his mouth, turns pale white, says, oh my gosh, this proves they never went to the moon. I said, yeah, I know, what do we do? And he said, I can't broadcast this. It will cause a civil war. I will not go down in history as the man who caused the civil war. And I said, well, wait a minute. You're saying that if we show how corrupt the federal government is, it'll bring down the corrupt federal government? Isn't that what's supposed to happen? And so 10 years go by, I showed the same footage to another news director at NBC. They agreed the same. It proves they didn't go to the moon. They're going to broadcast it nationwide as a special bulletin. 
they fly me to New York. They put me up in a fancy hotel. They interview me explaining the footage, how I got it and so forth. And then they get a call from the federal government who threatens them. Uh, and so they cancel the program. So all this footage is in, you can see it for free. It's cabrell.com. And then I guess a couple of years after that, I came up with the idea why not just track down some of the Apollo astronauts and put a Bible in front of them and ask them to swear to God whether they walked on the moon or not. I guess seeing courtroom TV shows as a kid. And that's where the film Astronauts Gone Wild came from, where one astronaut threatens to hit me, one actually kicks me from behind, one punches me, and one in the commotion of being literally assaulted by the guy when I show him this classified footage of fake photography in his home on a monitor, he turns, you know, beat red, starts cursing, kicks me from behind, and we accidentally left a wireless microphone on the guy, and the camera person accidentally forgot to hit stop recording. So while he's in his house and the camera's in the, you know, driveway in the rental car, we're hearing their private conversations in the house where they're talking about calling the CIA to have me assassinated, word for word on the tape which would not be necessary if I'm some silly person who thinks it was done in a TV studio. So we have, first of all, the proof that you can have a thousand times greater space traveling capability in the past and in the future. That proves it right there. Then we have them using a one foot model over and over again, dated two days into the flight, pretending that they're halfway to the moon when they're still in Earth orbit right in front of your eyes. That proves it. Then we have shadows that intersect at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart, which cannot happen in sunlight where shadows are parallel. You can prove the moon landing is fake with that one picture. And then, not in the film, but in my book that just came out, we have the deathbed confession of an eyewitness who personally saw them film the faking of the moon landing at his Air Force base. He said so in a deathbed confession. This is the world that we live in. They really did fake the moon landing. And if it weren't kind of, you know, bonded an emotional religious experience for people, they would see the truth for what it is. So with all that being said, what do you think the government could be hiding then? You know, like any anything around that same time that all this was going on, do you think they're hiding more than just that? Well, yeah. Um, December 6, 1941, 90% of Americans were against entering World War II. I mean, when have 90% of Americans agreed on anything? Only one other time. When 90% of Americans wanted to know whether their food contained GMO. They wanted a label, contains GMO. The president said no, right? Now, Congress and the Senate didn't vote to fake the moon landings. They did it anyway. So voting for your representative is irrelevant. And according to our eyewitness, President Johnson, Democrat, was there supervising the filming of the fake moon landing in 1968. And then Republican Nixon approved it. So both parties conspired to fake the moon landing. And if 90% of Americans want GMO labeling and they can't get that done, when a democracy is supposed to mean 51% get their way, if 90% can't get their way, then we don't have a democracy and our representatives didn't vote to conspire to lie to us. It was done anyway. So voting is completely meaningless. Now, after Pearl Harbor happened, 90% of Americans changed their mind. They were suddenly for entering World War II. 
So the Vietnam War was going on between China and North and South Vietnam, and the American public was against getting involved. So Robert McNamara, who was Defense Secretary at the time, said we need like a Pearl Harbor type of thing to get the Americans to support this war. So that event is called the Gulf of Tonkin incident, where allegedly a North Vietnamese ship attacked an American ship. He said on his deathbed, that never happened. Me and the CIA, we made it up. Now that led to the death of 3 million people, including 58,220 Americans. So I think if the federal government is willing to kill 58,220 of their own people without cause, I think they're willing to fake an image on television, you see? So that was going on at the time. Also going on at the time was the Kennedy assassination. Those same people were in power, faking the moon landing and faking the Gulf of Tonkin incident, killing Bobby Kennedy as well, killing Martin Luther King Jr. All those people and their apprentices were in power. And those same type of people are in power today. Otherwise, they would come forward and confess that the CIA killed Kennedy. When Robert Kennedy Jr., the dead man's nephew, who has more access to any information than anybody else, more than Oliver Stone, says that his uncle was killed by the CIA, you better believe it. So we have our own federal government murdering someone who was democratically elected because they didn't like him because he was gonna clean house and get rid of the corruption in the CIA. So the CIA killed them so that they could keep operating. So this is, this is a dangerous problem. And Orwell said, whoever controls the past controls the future, which means as long as our government, which is corrupt, is saying in the past that the moon missions are real when they're certainly not, those same criminals are controlling our future, which means until the moon landing fraud is exposed or acknowledged, those same criminals will be running our government. And they're doing it right now. Keep in mind, every newspaper, every radio station, every TV station, every magazine send men were on the moon when in fact they were in Clovis, New Mexico. So if every TV station, every radio, every newspaper, and every magazine says there's this, all these people are sick or there's this illness going around, does it mean it's true? Does it? Because I called up NBC mm. and they said, hey, 450 employees of a single hospital are infected with this particular disease. I said, oh, that's a great news story. Did you stand outside and talk to any of them and say, what is it like? you know, to have this new disease everyone is talking about. They said, no, we just repeat the numbers the government tells us. And that's what they were doing with the moon landing. They say they're a thousand miles above the surface. They say they're 500 miles. How do we know? I talked to a controller at NASA who said he could tell no difference between a simulation practice flight and a real flight. They're just a bunch of numbers going by on a screen. I can't tell the difference. And he's in command center. And then there's only three eyewitnesses. So it's actually pretty easy to fake the moon mission when people want to believe it and there's no independent press coverage. You see that? And now the government is stuck with having done this lie and it gets worse because the second to the last chapter of my book, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, is interviews that I conducted with people who were relatives of dead Apollo astronauts who asked me not to put this in my film. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon, but they have since died and I'm allowed to put it in my book. 
the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the moon, which was Virgil Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee, according to the dead man's widow and according to the dead man's son, were murdered by the CIA. Because on January 26, 1967, Virgil Grissom comes home, tells his wife Betty, who I interviewed for four hours, Han, for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad at NASA today. I wonder why. Never seen them here before. Wonder why they're here today. Very next day, the guy's dead. And only days earlier, he held a press conference without permission where he affixed a lemon on the top of the moon rocket, calling the thing a piece of junk in public view. You see? He was a boat rocker. He said they were 10 years away from going to the moon, not two. And they got rid of him. And that's not even my opinion. It's not my opinion that the CIA killed President Kennedy. It's the dead man's nephew opinion. And it's not my opinion that the crew that would have been the first crew on the moon was murdered by the CIA. It's the dead man's widow and the dead man's son's opinion that I'm passing along. So not only did the federal government take our money, third of our labor, third of our bank account and income tax to lie about going to the moon, they also used that money to hire CIA agents to kill our neighbors and friends who are trying to expose their crimes. And this is why they're so concerned that the truth about the moon landing fraud will come out. Because the very next thing they'll have to open up is what's called the Apollo 1 fire, where the CIA murdered the crew that was going to be the first crew to go to the moon because they wouldn't cooperate with the faking of the moon landing. That's our government. And that's why less than two years ago, my source, who whose father was at Cannon Air Force Base when they filmed the faking of the moon landing less than two years ago, he was threatened by government agents face-to-face with death of him and his family if he ever spoke to me again about this. So, these, these are the facts, whether you like them or not. And to me, if I had cancer, I would want to know. And if our country is cancerous and its leadership, we need to know. Yeah, so I guess with all that being said too now, why aren't there more whistleblowers then? Because I mean, you look at like everything that's happening in like Palestine, Ohio right now and how it seems like the government isn't really wanting to tell you everything that's going on and that they're like, everything's fine. You can go back to your houses. You know, it's not, nothing's wrong. But you, everybody knows that, that the water there is completely toxic now. Everything is probably still toxic. Or, People's or, pets are I dead. Mean, like Russia bringing over spy planes yeah the past like two weeks or whatever and then the ufo sightings and the spy balloons like what we're you know definitely not being told everything that's going on like there's so many secrets and you can see them like in yeah, plain I see sight the sometimes and they just don't even talk about it or tell but I, I guess like my point is like i just don't see why there aren't more whistleblowers then yeah if this stuff is is like like far and away true that like jfk was assassinated by our own government like 9-11 was conspired by george w bush's administration like all that stuff like then then why are more people willing to talk out about it i mean i get the fear of strong arming them but like if you have enough people all speaking out at the same time then i mean that's, that's... well you do you, you're just not being covered the, the the cia runs the media and they have for decades Woodward and Bernstein in 1975 discovered a document at CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, that said they had 400 journalists on the CIA payroll to write what they told them to write and to not write about what they told them to not write about. 
400 journalists at every major TV station, newspaper, magazine, radio station in the country. And that was back then when you could only own one TV station. Now you can own as many as you want. We have 3,000 architects and engineers signing a petition, risking their lifelong reputation and livelihood, saying it's mechanically impossible for a pinhole airplane to go through a steel grid and to call it, cause its collapse. All you have to do is look at the Oklahoma City bombing photograph. Half the building was blown away and it didn't collapse. So a pinhole airplane going through is not gonna cause it to collapse. We have 3,000 architects and engineers who have said so. Nothing is done about it because the media is controlled by the CIA and they're not going to do stories about their own corruption. They're just not. So no, people not. people yeah. spend so much time watching television every day. They spend two and a half work weeks per month. You know, what is that? A hundred hours a month watching television and then commuting to work and then going to the dry cleaner. They don't have any time to do anything. The, the press is supposed to be independent and it's not, it's completely controlled. So that's illegal, that's unconstitutional to not have an independent press, which we don't, it's everything's propaganda. So we have to understand, we know they lied to us about 9-11, the moon landing and this little thing that's been going on for the last three years. So why do we believe them about Chinese balloons for one or UFOs? Because Edgar Mitchell, one of the Apollo astronauts who live microphone left uh, a discovery of him and his son talking about having me killed by the cia he spent his whole life saying the moon landings are real and his whole life saying ufos are real you see they they're as real as each other and they really want us to believe the moon landings are real when they're not and they really want us to believe ufos are real when they're not just go to sabral.com scroll down about halfway and you'll see an article that took me a couple hundred hours write and research about are there really aliens from outer space and you'll see scientifically that's not likely at all and it's some sort of psyop they're pulling on the public so when the alternative media knows they lie all the time and yet repeats everything that they say about a chinese balloon they need to be a little bit more careful because they're being led astray uh about that so for all we know, that China and the CIA are in bed together, and it was kind of odd that the Chinese would so quickly agree that it was their balloon when normally they would deny such a thing. The whole thing is probably coordinated between the CIA and China to make it look like there's some threat when they're not to get more military funding. So, what so can you, you think? You really don't think there's aliens, though? Like, not no. even like a chance at all? Well, there's a book called The Privileged Planet, and a bunch of scientists got together and studied life from the molecular level, the atom and the electron through DNA, all the way up to the things that we can see and touch. And they said it's statistically impossible, really, for life to exist on Earth. They said it would be like winning the Powerball lottery 20 times in a row. It has to be by intelligent design. And then another scientist did a TED talk and he said, look, we've been pointing radio telescopes in all directions for 50 years. There's not one radio signal, not a single one. We're it, we're it. And if you believe in the scriptures, Revelation 21.3 says that we're it because it says when the new heaven and the new earth is built, God will dwell with us personally. 
Well, the Bible also says that God does not show partiality. So if there's life in other worlds and he's dwelling with us and not them, then he's showing partiality. The only way he can dwell with us and not show partiality is if we're it. I went to a hotel, one of these interviews I did for HBO or whoever put me up in a hotel, flipping through the free HBO movies. Three of the 10 were about UFOs, three of the 10. Now, if three of the 10 were about what a great guy the president is, or three of the 10 were about what a terrible guy the president is, you would see someone's trying to control your opinion, right? They did a study recently called the Eve Project about 20 years ago, where they took DNA from every nationality under the sun, Eskimos and Africans and Swedes and Spaniards, and they're able to trace it backwards throughout time. And they found out scientific fact that all humans came from one woman who just suddenly appeared, just like the Bible says. It's been proven scientifically. Now, people who don't believe in God, it's my opinion, they make that choice so they don't have to repent of their sin. You see, if there's a God, then they have to repent. But if there's no God, then they don't have to. So how can we say that there's still no God, even though mathematically, scientifically, biologically, all humans came from one woman and the woman just suddenly appeared. What can we do? So they came up with this story that, okay, that's true. All human beings came from one woman who just suddenly appeared, who didn't evolve, but uh, it's not God. Uh, we were made by aliens. Now, one of the things in this article that you can read at sabrell.com is my belief that fallen angels are pretending to be aliens from outer space. Because if you say you're from some galaxy far, far away, there's no way to verify it. And people in the military who have talked with, quote, aliens, who I believe are fallen angels, say here's a consistent thread. They constantly lie and break their word. Satan is the father of lies. So if the film Ancient Aliens is saying we're not made by God, we're made by aliens, and if aliens are really fallen angels, what they're really saying is we were made by Lucifer instead of God. And you look at the World Economic Forum, right? The people who run the world and their logo has, believe it or not, 666 right in the logo. You see that? <laughs> and so these are the people who run the world. And some of them even admit they believe in God, but they invert the Messiah and Lucifer. They say the Messiah is the bad guy and Lucifer is the good guy and God is disrespecting Lucifer. I mean, they put 666 right there in their logo. And these are the people who come up with ancient aliens and programs like that to say that, you know, fallen angels, which are aliens, which is Lucifer made mankind. It says so in Ezekiel. It says Lucifer wanted to ascend and become God. And that's what the program is saying. We're not made by God. We're made by aliens, which are fallen angels, which is Lucifer. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? And they don't ask in three years of this repeated program a third grader's question, which is, okay, if we're made by aliens, then who made them, right? They never ask that simple question. So, yeah, I, I think it's a deception. And it's like the government doesn't care why you believe that the moon missions are real as long as you believe you can believe neil armstrong did it or you can believe secret crews did it on the dark side to commune with aliens they don't care why and they don't care why you believe a disease is floating around the world 
if it came from a lab or it came from a bat, as long as you believe. I think both are lies, one for the lie for the alternative media and one lie for the general public. If it weren't a lie, they wouldn't have to call decapitation motorcycle accidents, COVID, uh, you know, or a gunshot wound to the head, COVID, if there was a real illness going around. They wouldn't need to do that, right? Hmm. So people in the alternative media can be led astray. Just like people wanted to believe the moon landings are real, they had an emotional predisposition to believe it, that was taken advantage of. And because of Star Trek and other, you know, predictive programming, people are predisposed with all these films to want to believe in aliens, and they're taking advantage of that. But multiple scientists have said, look, there's not a single radio signal coming from anywhere in space. We're it. And they proved scientifically, mathematically, at the molecular level, this has to be by design. The opposite is true of what the government wants you to believe, that life is everywhere. They said life should not even be on Earth. It's like winning the Powerball 20 times in a row. It just can't happen. It has to be by intelligent design. And I discovered that scripture in the book of Revelation that indicates we're it. That's it. So if there's, you know, aliens coming and Von Braun, who faked the moon landing, said out of his own mouth, they're planning on faking an alien invasion from the guy who faked the moon landing. That's what he said. And like I said, 30% of the movies on HBO are trying to get us to believe in aliens. And Edgar Mitchell, who lied about going to the moon and said they were real, is also saying aliens are just as real as the moon landing, you know? So be careful, right? Right, yeah. I mean, you see it a lot in movies, aliens being, you know, the the star of the movies. And sometimes you got to think, like, are they trying to desensitize us to something that they're maybe if, you know, you don't want to believe in the government are they trying to use it to deceive us that something that we've seen before in a movie is real you know super elaborate it would take time to plan like well yeah i do you know i do believe in god i do i do think it's impossible for things to make themselves like if you look at the anatomy you ever seen one of those encyclopedias with the layers of your body you know the liver and all that it's kind of a pretty good parody of a car engine. You know, there's a starter, an alternator, the heart, the fuel pump, and, and all that. It doesn't just happen. You know what I mean? Evolution is saying a lower form of life made a higher form of life. So how can something without a brain make a brain? You know, it's actually the exact opposite of logic. Just because we can't comprehend an eternal being doesn't mean it's not true. And so it's ironic, and, and why I changed my mind and realize this is a spiritual battle going on, that mankind's greatest accomplishment, you see, putting a man on the moon is a complete lie and the world run by Lucifer, right? They even said about the Titanic, they called it the ship that God himself could not sink, never finished a voyage. And then Richard Nixon, when he knew they weren't there, said putting a man on the moon is the greatest event since creation. You see, this means something. This this, this indicates there's a spiritual warfare going on between truth and lies. And the moon landing fraud is just a pinnacle example of it because the corrupt people who run the world are so arrogant. They printed it on coins. They printed it on stamps that men were on the moon. It's in every encyclopedia in this country that men were on the moon when in fact, according to our own eyewitness, 
they were in Clovis, New Mexico at Cannon Air Force Base, you see? And they can't go to the moon 50 years later. 50 years later, they can only go 1,000th the distance to the moon. What more proof do you need? You know, show that picture. I can do a screen share. Shadows intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. Go outside and try to do that in sunlight. It can't be done. That means it was taken in electrical light, which means they're on Earth. You can prove the moon landing fraud with that one picture. And then, so what does this mean? It means we're, we're in a world run by criminals. And when a bank robber gets away with robbing the bank in one million, then gets away with two million and then 10 million and then 20 million, they're just gonna keep on doing it. And the people who run the world are lying to us and their goal out of their own mouth is to get rid of 94% of us, right? Do you think it's a coincidence that fertility rates have gone down by 65%? I mean, come on. We, 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 technology always gets better over time. TVs get better, phones get better, medicine gets better, right? Everything improves over time. So if technology is improving over time and lifespan is going down and fertility rates are going down while technology is going up, it means it's intentional. Well, I, I, I think that's I, almost I, corporate greed though. Like, I think it's more or less of, like, people, like, not ingesting the correct dietary things because, like, corporations are like, well, I can cut this out, make more money here, and, like, put worse products on the shelves for people to use. Well, actually, you know, that you're, you're half correct on that one. Uh, that could be true. But what they what is really true is that they could make money. It's like right now... The military industrial complex is employing millions of people, right? And so if you cut that off, you destroy the economy. But you could use all those resources to desalinate the, the drinking water for the entire continent of Africa and give everyone in Africa concrete floors, indoor plumbing, and clean drinking water. You could do that with the same amount of money, but they're choosing not to. They could make just as much money promoting non-GMO organic food and just advertise that those things are better and healthier for you. But they don't want to. Does Bill Gates with his billions go into Africa and give people indoor plumbing and give people concrete floors and give people electricity? No, he gives them injections. Well, some doctors who are pro-vaccine over there send the injections to a lab and they have sterilization drugs in there. It actually says in the Bible, don't crossbreed species. It's Leviticus 19.19. And you know what happens when you do that? When you disobey God and you take a horse and a donkey and you get a mule, the mule is sterile. If someone says the people who run the world, the you know Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and the Bilderberg Group keep saying over and over and over again, we want to depopulate the world by 94%, and then suddenly fertility rates are down by 65%, at the very same time GMOs are introduced, which are proven to be sterile, that's why mules are sterile when you GMO them, then it's not by accident. It's not because of greed, it's because they have a plan. I, I have a feature film in the works, right? I have a plan. I have a script. I have two producers. I have a, someone doing the score. I have a camera crew. I have locations. 
if the billionaires and trillionaires want to depopulate the world by 94%, they're not just kicked back and hoping it happens. They're making it happen. It's happening right now. I wish uh, you were right and it was simply a matter of ignorant greed that's causing the destruction of 94% of the population, but it's intentional. And so we have to understand that Hitler and Mussolini and Pac and Stalin, all those people combined killed at least 50 million people less than 100 years ago. Genocidal maniacs have always run the world and they're running the world to this day. And instead of shooting people, they're being a little bit more clever about it. You see? And if you believe in God, here's something really interesting I just read. I mean, I've read it dozens of times, but it just noticed it. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says that Lucifer holds mankind in slavery with their fear of death. Why did people line up to take a medicine for an illness they didn't even have? Because they were tricked into if you don't, you might die, you see? And therefore they became slaves out of their fear of death. And yet that fear is gonna bite them in the butt. That's what fear does. Whatever you fear ends up happening. You're so afraid you're gonna get in your wreck, that fear causes a wreck, you see? That's why do not fear is the most repeated commandment in the Bible, 365 times, one for every day of the year. Imagine if God said, don't eat pork 365 times. That'd be pretty serious, wouldn't it? So God said, don't be afraid. And Revelation says the fearful, the cowardly will not enter eternal life. And everyone is making all their decisions in life based on fear. Better buy insurance, better buy medical insurance. You might die, might get in a wreck, might be a war, might be economic collapse, you might die of a disease. <laughs> you know, everything on the evening news is about fear. And God says the opposite. You see that? The people who run the world, intentionally or otherwise, worship Lucifer. That's just the way that it is. And so, what can you do? I don't know. It, the Bible does say to expose the corruption like I'm doing. And then it also says, you know, save yourself first, spiritually and physically. And I think there's nothing that really can be done. Even though technically there could be an uprising of people, there could be a third party uh, that has Republicans and Democrats in it, and they could clean house. Theoretically, it could happen. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Revelation says that there are plagues coming, food shortages, meteor showers, and things like that. And those are done to encourage people to turn away from their sin and toward God. But then it adds in the next sentence, but they don't do it anyway, you see. We could make the world a better place, but uh, I don't think we're on track to do that at all. Uh, so that's just the way that it is. We're all going to die anyway, so might as well try to get right with God yourself and uh, and uh, make it on the other side because other, everyone else is going to gain the world and lose their soul. That, that makes me want to bring up the question. So I don't know if you know much about us, uh, Bart, but we're paranormal investigators. This uh, you know paranormal uh, show that we do. Typically, we read like creepy pastas and, and things like that. So, with with your belief in God, that makes me wonder about your opinions on the paranormal. As I mean, we've captured things that we can't explain. Whether it's science, actually ghosts, I don't know. Right. But 
Yeah, I, I have a big belief in the paranormal. And uh, one of my uh, favorite YouTube programs is uh, called It's Supernatural. And, uh, you know, I try to be a Christian. I'm a, pretty much a failure most of the time. And I go to a church that keeps the Sabbath. They're called Seventh-day Adventists. But in my opinion, uh, the closest true Christian on earth is a Jew who believes in Jesus. And that's what Sid Roth is, 80-year-old man running this program called It's Supernatural, about these kind of spiritual phenomenon that happens in the world. Now, when I was 14 years old, believe it or not, I was tested for ESP by the United States government. They sent me to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which at the time, this is like in 1978, had the most powerful supercomputer on the planet. And it had a radioactive cesium in it so that it could generate random numbers. Because other than that, it was like you would have a computer program simulating random numbers. And they had me sit in front of the computer trying to influence the you know atoms in the CCM to do one number over the other. I didn't quite understand it at the time. Had I, I might have done a better job. And then they gave me subliminal messages so that when I went back home hundreds of miles away, I would try to influence the computer while I was asleep. And then it really went you know haywire or really went into the uh, unnormal uh, uh, readings. Uh, all that to say, I've had uh experiences where i would get like in a daydream trance and then suddenly turn to the left or right and things would shoot off the wall and you know it was like i, I could never concentrate and make something move with my thoughts and do it in dreams all the time but but it happened accidentally a lot and i would occasionally hear what i thought was someone's voice but it ended up just being a thought that they had they thought that exact thing my brain heard it as their audible voice and then I would have dreams that would uh, about the future that would come true exactly as I dreamed them sometime years in advance. And then so they were wanted to study me. It was called the Mind Science Foundation of San Antonio, Texas. It was done through the Intelligence Committee. I think his name was uh, Baker. Jim Baker was on it, and he was my senator. Uh, and so they they studied me for the paranormal when I was 14 years old. And they recorded dreams I had, and they happened exactly like I dreamed them three and a half years later. What that means, I don't know. The Bible does talk about prophecy. And I had heart surgery about two years ago. And when I woke up after the anesthesia, I was just like super wide awake. I mean, like well rested. I'm not sure what was going on. But uh, I, I couldn't sleep for more than a day. And I couldn't get out of the bed because I had like a big hole in the vein of my leg that they went in for my heart. When I finally went to sleep, when I finally nodded off after being awake for about 30 hours, I saw, you know, the room disappeared, the screen, the kind of the room turned black and really big white letters, just like the beginning of my film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon at Sabral.com. My most famous film opens up with these white on black titles of scripture. So after my heart surgery, I see this these big scripture in front of me. It says Luke 21:11, And I'm like, oh, that's pretty specific. And I'm so tired. I'm like, I'll remember that. Luke 21:11, Luke 21. I'm like, oh, I better write it down. I always have a notepad nearby for all my ideas, right? Guess <laughs> I forget. So I write it down, go to sleep. I look it up. Well, it's Jesus speaking. 
and he's answering the question, what will be the sign of the end of the world before it happens? He says, there will be great earthquakes in various places. There will be disease pandemics. There will be food shortages and there will be great signs in the heavens. So that's, that's my vision that I had two years ago. Now, my interpretation is that God's telling me the end times have begun. This is it. Buckle up. And as best as I can tell from a secular point of view and a biblical point of view, the next big thing that's going to happen is economic collapse. And as best as I can calculate before the end of the year, it's going to be worldwide and it's going to cause incredible food inflation. And that's what's going to happen. And I believe we are at the end of an age and that the next one will be much better. But until then, things have to go their course. You know, a lot of atheists, uh, they ask really good questions. They ask, well, if there is a God, why do bad things happen to good people? And that's an excellent question. The, the fact is, if I had a son and he graduated from college and I give him the keys to a new car, he's 22 years old. What he does with that car, whether he uses it to bring people, you know, to charitable functions or whether he uses it to drink and drive and run into people, that's now his fault, not mine. I gave him dominion over that car and what he does with it, that's his responsibility. The Bible says God gave us dominion over the earth. And it also says a thousand years is just like a day to God who's eternal. So. The, all the sin that happens in the world, all the tragedy that happens in the world, it's our fault, not God's fault. He gave us the keys, and if we kill each other and cause cancer, causing substances and pollution, that's our fault, not his. And from his point of view, a thousand years being like a day, he's going to let this go on to show us a lesson, to show the angelic host a lesson. This is what happens when you, you know, don't, follow the rules and don't love one another. It inevitably ends poorly. And that's why our world is in the condition that it's in. So what can you do? This is this is our lot in life. We're stuck here. And so the best thing is just to get right with God, stay right with God. And if you want to, you know, stock up on flashlights, batteries, toilet paper, and peanut butter, there's no harm in wanting to be comfortable while you're riding out the storm, right? <laughs> So that's what I would advise. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting for sure to, to think about, you know, what happens after death to like, even if it is world times, whatever it is, whatever death arrives at your doorstep, like what happens, you know, after we die? Are we all just spiritual angelic beings that are on a who knows what? actually like for all we know what is reality right yeah. we, no one actually knows until you die i don't think you actually know what reality even is you know like we live in our own reality that we see through our eyes and through physical touch but like how do we know there isn't more to this reality that we can't see whether it be a, while we're living like your paranormal encounters that you had in your dream walks like how do we know that that as isn't actually a real reality that you can explore just as freely as you you can on this this plane? Does well, yeah, you know, believe it or not, the, the, 
Yeah, believe it or not, the Bible talks about all this stuff. In Ephesians 6, it says our struggle, you know, in life, you could say good versus evil, is not really against us and whoever, you know, the evil people are around the world. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the unseen realms. And then the Bible also says what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Now, I like games. I've always liked Monopoly. And there's a dispute over what free parking means. Well, it means, you know, you get $500 or you get the tax money. Well, you just go by the rules, read the rules. That's what it says. It actually says it means nothing. It's just a neutral place to rest. That's what so I thought. <laughs> when, when, when I finally, you know, the reason why I never read the Bible is because I had it in the same boat with hypocritical religion. It didn't want to have anything to do with it, right? And when I finally read it for myself, it's like, oh, this is pretty simple. I mean, all the heroes in the Bible make just grievous mistakes, adultery, murder, and so forth and so on, which I don't think they would put in there if they were trying to, you know, uh, paint a good picture of themselves. It's just a history book of mankind on the earth and a guide on how to love one another and, you know, what what's right and what's wrong. It's pretty simple. And it talks about the spiritual realm all the time. And it says that we actually live once and then we die and we face judgment. And we're basically judged on whether we live according to the example of the Messiah or not. And basically that's very simple. It's either selfishly or unselfishly, right? And uh, that's the people who killed Kennedy were being selfish. And the people who lie about the moon landing, they're being selfish, you see? And the people who promote a particular medicine that who and actually admit that they don't take it themselves i mean ceo of a certain company i appreciate that guts yeah i'm, I'm asking the whole world to take it but i didn't take it myself <laughs> all right you know uh what's going on why, why do the people who run the world want to get rid of 94 percent of us because they're selfish why do they go into africa and instead of giving people plumbing and electricity give them injections that sterilize them because they're selfish right so that's basically it. it. We are judged based on our actions. And if you do your best to do what is right, the Bible promises that God's grace will cover over all the times you blew it, which for me is more times than getting it right. <laughs> so that's pretty good little grace there. And it says, you know, the people who run the world, they will win. They will gain the world, but they will lose their eternity. That's why it says the meek will inherit the earth. They will win. They will succeed in killing Kennedy, faking the moon landing, tricking everybody to take medicine for an illness they don't have. They, they succeeded. Good for them. And then they won't live forever and everybody else will. So that's what's really important. You know, I love the cartoon Futurama. And my favorite character is the kleptomaniac robot Bender. And uh, he's always calling his coworkers meat bags. Hey, you know, you're going to die. I live forever. All they do got to do is pop out my memory cartridge and even if I'm run over by a steamroller and popping a new one. And then his owner says, I'm sorry, you were one of the first models. You don't have a removable memory cartridge. When you die, you die. Then he says something very profound. He says, anything less than immortality is a complete waste of time. You see, you can own the whole world. Imagine you can own the whole world, every continent, every skyscraper, every diamond, all the jewelry, the space shuttle, all the gold, and you're still going to die. And then what? You see? 
anything less than immortality is a complete waste of time. If we don't get that right, our life is meaningless. And when a person is conceived, there's 150 million sperm competing for that honor. And only one makes it. God, you could say, throws away 149,999,999. Is that wasteful? Is that fair? The Bible says, wide is the gate and broad is the road to destruction. And most believers in God will not make it. But narrow is the way to life and only a few find it. I, I get the impression that most people on earth will not make it. Is that unfair? This is God's world. He can do what he wants. If he only if he wants to throw away 149 million sperm to get the best one to you know become alive, and if he wants to use life and its temptations to sift out people who really believe in what is right. You see, our founding fathers, after I think five people were killed in the Boston Massacre in 1772, they said, that's it. That's enough. And they said, we're going to risk our lives. We're going to risk our property. We're going to risk everything because this is an issue of right and wrong. They murdered the crew of the Apollo 1 fire. That's three people. They murdered Bobby Kennedy and John Kennedy. That's five right there. We know this to be true. Why aren't people taking a stand? Because they're afraid to die and they're going to hold on to their property and not make waves to live one day longer and then they'll lose their life for eternity. You see, it's a bad deal, bad trade. We need more people to come forward and to take a stand and say enough is enough. You're going to die anyway. I turned down this project. I turned down a funny thing happened on the way to the moon because I knew it could be true that they faked it and it could be dangerous. And I was proven right. My book goes into how I was literally kidnapped and drugged by the CIA. And had I not escaped, I probably wouldn't be speaking these words today. And we have it on tape. They're talking about calling the CIA to have me assassinated, right? So I did risk my life to make this movie. And I realize I'm going to die anyway. There is right or wrong. And I might as well die going out in a blaze of glory, standing up for what's right, than die in a nursing home, cowering and giving in to evil forces my whole life. I'm going to die either way. So I might as well die on the side of right. Definitely. So mm -hmm. do you have, are you currently working on any new projects? I know you, you're a filmmaker, you're, you, you know, you've written books. Do you have anything, uh, you know, that you're working on coming up or excited for release? Well, I have a new, a new podcast coming up uh, March 5th called Bart Sabrell's Box Escape, where I talk about the week's news, alternative news media, what's really going on in the world. And uh, you can go to sabrell.com and scroll down. There's down a link. there. In yeah. The description. And, that's, and then uh, just below my book, which is on the front page, is a new subscribe to Bart's podcast button. You can do that. And then, God willing, I'll have a feature film a project this year and uh, so that I can put kind of the moon landing fraud behind me and go back to fiction, which is my preference. Fantastic. Hmm. So what kind of fiction uh what did you like to do? Well, it's a, it's just fictional stories that, that inspire people. Uh, you know, a story about something that inspires people, inspires people to live a better life, to make the world a better place done, you know, through comedy and drama in some manner. And that's hopefully uh, what we will be doing. 
Awesome. Love that. So, do you think that it would be possible for a zombie apocalypse to happen on the Earth? Well, it's already it's already happened. It's already <laughs> happening. And uh, try it yourself, guys. Trevor and Riley, go to any restaurant, preferably when when it's crowded or whatever, and just walk around the restaurant. And I bet you're going to find 90% of the people looking into their phones rather than having fellowship with the people they drove some distance to go to this restaurant and have fellowship with, right? right. It, it just boggles my mind. True. I walk around a restaurant and everybody at every table, with rare exception, has their face in their phones rather than talking to the person right next to them and across from them. We are already in a zombie, and we already have 70% of Americans on prescription medicine. Another yeah. lie is we have the best health care in the world. Well, how can we when 70% no, we don't. of Americans are sick? No, we don't. I, I believe that one 100%. Hell no, we don't. Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen when people, when there's an economic crisis and they can't get their psychiatric medicine. You see, people are already flying off the handle off the simplest infraction. Uh, in life, you know, fighting over this, fighting over that. They're already zombies, right? <laughs> and so all all it's going to take is turning up the heat economically or turn off electricity. Then you'll have, you know, super zombies everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Right. Zombies could be, you know, anything that, you know, you really put the persona. It's people who are out of their mind. Anyone yeah. out of their mind is a zombie. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, there's, there used to be a term, functional alcoholic. We have oh, yeah. a society. We've all heard that before. We all know okay. one. Yeah, everyone <laughs> knows a functional alcoholic. <laughs> well, basically, we have society of functional crazy people, right? And who are just barely hanging on and putting on a good face at work every day. But they're obsessive compulsive and neurotic and living in fear and messed up lives, messed up minds, messed up hearts. And these are the zombies, right? And uh, so, uh, what can you do? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm on the bandwagon to that social media and how accessible the internet is. It is ruining what was once like held in high regards, like morals and values and whatnot. And it's just, it's crazy to me that you can pick up your phone nowadays and either hide 100% what you're doing or get access to whatever information that you necessarily need at the time. Well, the main thing is, is that people are spending two and a half work weeks, a hundred hours a month watching television rather than living their lives. And then people, you know, travel the great distances to go to parks and restaurants. And then they have their faces in their phones rather than, talking to the person they're with texting people who aren't there instead of talking to the people who are there right something's wrong with that picture you know they used to think that praying mantises uh were cannibalistic uh they thought that for decades they would put a bunch of praying mantises in a 10 gallon aquarium put a male and female together they'd made and the female would eat the male when they're done and said oh okay they're cannibals well just a few years ago some scientists said, well, why don't we study them in the wild? And they realized they're not cannibals. They became cannibals for being confined. Being confined drove them crazy. And being confined in virtual reality all the time is making people crazy. 
So this is very, very, very dangerous. Yeah, we're like the whole start devouring one another. Like the whole metaverse, like scares the hell out of me. Honestly, like I don't think I'll ever participate in that because it just, I just feel like Ready Player One is gonna happen, and that's all people will do is just spend you live time in the stacks. <laughs> like if life isn't already a simulation. Spending your time actually inside of a simulation might be the most fucked up. I wish it were a simulation. <laughs> I cut my finger the other day and it hurt really bad. I, I don't think this is a simulation. I think this is a test to to see whether we make it into the next life or not. And I think most people may not pass. Because living you don't want evil people living forever, right? You don't want selfish people living forever, right? And the Bible promises when the new heaven and new earth is made, sin will never happen again. God is not going to give eternal life to evil people. And so there's a big sift going on. That's what life is. Life is just a test to see whether we qualify for the next one. That's what I think. And if only one out of 150 million make it to this life, it's probably going to be only a few are going to make it into the next one as well. So I would encourage people just to read the Bible. Start with the book of John in the uh, New Testament. Read it to the end and you'll see it's pretty simple. And don't throw out the Bible with all the hypocritical religion in the world. That's the mistake I made. When I finally read it, it talks about the paranormal all the time, practically on every page. What's really going on in the spiritual realm, the afterlife angels and other dimensions demons and other dimensions all that is in the bible right there and when you read it it's all like oh it just makes sense it's basically helping you to not be selfish and if you live that way if you live in a godly life god will give you eternal life when you're done he'll make up through grace all the mistakes that you've made he'll forget so that's a pretty good deal so i guess what I'm trying to figure out is um, oh, come back to me. I'll say I'm trying to word the question correctly. <laughs> well, that's okay. It's about time to wrap up. Yeah, uh, yeah. we can we can definitely uh, bring this in, and I, I know you probably have other uh, appointments to make. Probably busy guy, but uh, we appreciate you coming onto the show, Bart. Like we really do. Your story is great. Like hearing someone who is the total opposite of how we see the world too is really interesting to me because honestly you know you're around the people who believe the same thing as you right a lot in life so hearing from someone who has different beliefs than i do is in very interesting to me and i re respect your opinion to the utmost degree and we just appreciate you you know coming on to the show and uh telling us you know what you think actually happened if you know we made it to the moon or not yeah and you know riley um what i've discovered is that generally it's not one person's right and the other person's wrong what's generally the case is the the third option which is both people are right for example let's say there's a sphere hanging in front of us your half is blue my half is red i'm like riley are you blind it's red and you're like, Bart, open your eyes, it's blue. And we can argue back and forth when, in fact, it's both red and blue, you see? And then so it's not so much that I have a different opinion than you as I have an additional opinion than you. If I yes, take yeah. your opinion and my opinion together, we probably have a better grasp of the truth. 
than with only half of that. I agree with that, definitely. So, I got an off-the-wall question for you. All right, Trevor. Does Buzz punch pretty hard? He does, and he's quick, too. I didn't see I it was going to say it looked like it. <laughs> In fact, I had a toothache for many years from that punch. And, uh, you know, I, I was tempted to sue the guy. I was like, oh, I could sue him for assault. And it's amazing how everything is in the Bible. Jesus said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, you are to let them strike the other also. And I'm like, oh, darn, just lost $100,000. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, but this has been a blast. I, I love hearing other perspectives on everything. And plus, like I said, I was not an expert going into any of this. So hearing... You know, all the like knowing the little bit of facts that I did know about the moon landing from just like prior knowledge in school and whatnot. And then hearing the other side of all of it and how there is evidence out there that if you look into it, you might actually see that there's something there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I would do is go to sabrell.com and you don't have to get the book, although if you want to, it's an audio. I read it myself and it's Kindle in print. Just go to the top left button at sabrell.com. It says Moon Man Video Links. You'll see 16 links, all for free, of NASA. One of them is NASA admitting that the technology necessary to leave Earth orbit has yet to be invented. They say it out of their own mouth. We have the deathbed confession of the man whose father was at Cannon Air Force Base. We have his testimony. It went viral very quickly. Just uploaded that a few months ago. And a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Astronauts gone wild, which took a million dollars to make and who was given to me by someone building rockets for NASA, who knows it's fake. All that you can see for free at sabrell.com. Fantastic. Yes, all of the links for uh, Bart's amazing projects are down below. If you go to sabrell.com. And like again, we appreciate you coming on to our show. If you have a chance, feel free. Listen, we have a hundred and this will be 129 episodes now. So if you like mm -hmm. creepy stories and creepy pastas, we've written our own as well. Check us out. I'm, I'm sure you'll end up liking uh, some of the stories we re read and uh, some of the encounters we've had with the paranormal as well. Although we believe in aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. I mean, the, 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 thing, the thing is, you are right. Aliens do exist. It's just, where are they from? Uh, the, the article at sabrell.com uh, talks about the top two UFO researchers. One is French, one's American. And after 40 years of research, read this article. Sabrell.com, scroll down, are there really aliens? They both came to the same conclusion. Number one, UFOs are real. Number two, they're not from outer space. They're from Earth. And number three, they're demonic. You see... So I believe in UFOs also. I think they do come out of the ocean. I just think it's a technology that is Earth-based by fallen angels who have been around for thousands of years. Imagine the technology we would have if the moon landings were real 6,000 years ago, you see? And the perfect vehicle is a vehicle that can go under the water, in the air, and in outer space. And you have 70% of the Earth covered with water. What better hiding place is there, right? right. And even the scriptures say... It says, uh, all those in the earth and in the sea give glory to God. Now, I don't think he's talking about the fish there. I think it's referring to some intelligences living in the sea. So 
That's why the Bible is a fascinating read. If you want to, you'd be surprised. Definitely. All righty. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. All right. Thanks for again for coming on the show. And remember, folks, to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes. Bump in the night. All righty. Thank you, Riley and Trevor. Take care. You as well. Thank you. you.